You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Yakima Chief Hops Bigger Than Beer Podcast. In this annual podcast, we'll be exploring topics surrounding the larger impact of hop and craft beer community, and this season's focus is women plus in the industry, and our goal is to shine a light on some of the amazing women um, in various fields of the hop and beer industry. I mean, we've had guests uh, all the way from, you know, growing hops, uh, beer and hop sensory um, scientists who've been on here. And then we're also going and having brewers, taproom managers. So really having the gamut of all these women who are involved in every aspect of the industry on this podcast and getting to hear their perspectives um, and more about their experiences as women in this industry. Um, We can't wait to continue shining a light on the women around us and also engaging in meaningful conversations about how we can instill positive change within our community. Today, I have with me two awesome women who I am fortunate enough to work with and who I consider a true powerhouse duo uh, from Yakima Chief Hops Inside Sales Team. Thank you for joining me, Bridget Gates and Gerald Pence. Thanks for having us. Yes, hello. (laughs) Welcome to Bigger Than Beer. Um, I'll have Gerald, you'll go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us um, kind of your role within YCH and a little bit about your background and also same to you, Bridget. Sure. Uh, Thanks again. So this is Gerald's voice over here. Um, I'm Gerald Pence, and I've been with Yakima Chief Hops for probably about three and a half years now. Um, I started with an internship that I think we'll probably discuss a bit later, but now currently I work as an inside sales specialist working with uh, breweries in the South and Southeast United States. So I'm based in our Yakima office, um, but have the pleasure of working with some people on the other side of the country. And uh, let's see, educational background. I went to Eastern Washington University and I majored in psychology and minored in Spanish, um, which I'm not technically using in my job now, but also totally am using in my job now, just more casually. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I I grew up on... uh, a tree fruit orchard. So I've always kind of been in the egg industry, um, but it was sort of happenstance that I ended up in hops. And I'm happy to be here today and so excited to chat with you both. Awesome. Thanks, Cheryl. Likewise, likewise. My name is Bridget. I am the inside sales coordinator for our team. Um, I work with our mid-Atlantic region, which is currently the Virginias through New York. Uh, We try not to tell the New York brewers that they're not in the Northeast on our (laughs) sales map, um, but they don't mind. Um, I also went to college over on the West Side, University of Washington, got a degree also in psychology. Um, And before coming to Yakima Chief, I was actually trying my hardest to use that psychology degree, (laughs) um, working under a fantastic practitioner who took a hard science approach to the typical soft science. So worked a lot in biochemistry, pharmacogenetics, all that sort of stuff. Wow, that's really awesome to, to learn a little bit more about your educational backgrounds. So Bridget, what interested you in coming to YCH? Well, similar to Gerald, I grew up here in the Valley. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have some negative things to say about the Yakima Valley in general. Um, but I've always had that pride 
for our community. And working in an industry, in the hop industry, in something that Yakima does better than anywhere else, arguably in the world, um, is really cool to me. Very special. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It is a, a very magical thing to be a part of and definitely a stamp of pride for our community. I agree with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Sure. Uh, you know, your your background in psychology and yours, Gerald, too. That's so interesting. <laughs> uh, what a <laughs> unexpected thing. Both of you have that. I did not know that. Um, it's really interesting. So how has this background helped you in your current field? You know, it helps, I'd say, not just in my current field, but just in life in general, because psychology is really about studying why people do what they do, you know, what motivates behavior. Um, And that I think leads to, you know, being in ultimately a customer service role, understanding the customer and what motivates them and truly understanding their needs in order to best service those needs. Yeah, I can definitely see like a tie there between like, finding out like what motivates people and then being able to like really tailor your approach to making sure that you're able to fit those needs and meet Mm -hmm. those needs and um, kind of adjust with each different customer. It's not like a one size fits all approach, I'm assuming. Um, Any additional thoughts on that, Gerald, uh, with you from having a similar education background? Um, I totally second what Bridget said. And then I guess I would also say, I think it helps with communication, which is probably also encompassed by what you said, but um, yeah, I think you maybe know what is and isn't appropriate to say to specific people in specific places, <laughs> which is actually a super vague answer, I realize. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I think it goes along with like learning about humans and why we do what we do and some of the inner workings um, and also just helps you to understand people and Maybe this is getting a little like gushy, but everybody has been through something wacky and we should not assume that we know people just based on maybe what they're showing us. And yeah, everybody has a complicated inner life that um, should be cared for and appreciated and hopefully have some compassion as well. So yeah, I like that, you know, that point to make sometimes when you have just interactions maybe it's through email or like brief phone calls and sometimes it may be like when there's pressing matters going on and then being able to like remind yourself like this is my only interaction at times and I need to know that there's like a person on the other side of this who probably has like a million other things going on totally but then also hopefully you know that's reflected back to of like when you're talking to people it's like I'm a human too (laughs) (laughs) absolutely both sides of that for sure and I think you both you know I I've gotten the opportunity to to learn a little bit more from each of you since I started working at YCH and I think you both bring like such a human side to it and like bring your personality which makes you guys great customer service people. <laughs> well you hear all of our wacky <laughs> conversations across the cubicle. <laughs> can, can you expand uh, Gerald a little bit more on kind of your career path following your education up to YCH? Yes yeah I kind of accidentally omitted that earlier but um i also wanted to mention that i too was born and raised in the yakima valley um to me that's just like what life is but somehow when i tell people that it tends to be like a a shocked response is what i receive um so yeah i definitely have just a special pride in this uh this city this town and the wonderful agriculture that comes out of it. Um, But yeah, so I actually um, 
graduated, yeah, with psychology and moved back to Yakima, moved in with my parents, um, got a job working, (laughs) got a job working at a local restaurant. Um, shout out Kawichi Canyon Kitchen and Ice House Bar. Heck yeah. (laughs) Um, it's yeah, awesome local restaurant. I was excited to be part of that community and, um, yeah, kind of like just tried to get my foot in the door there and was hoping to save up some bucks to hopefully like go do something that I thought was like quote unquote bigger and better than Yakima. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I quickly found that it's really awesome to still be around your friends and family and your community that you grew up with. And I've kind of thought like, why would I want to move away from that? So I sort of like cozied on into the Yakima Valley. And um, I wish that my relationship with Hops was a little more romantic, um, but I think... I would describe it as like I was dating the restaurant industry and things were going well, but I would drive past Yakima Chief Hops every day and I saw the we are hiring sign and I think I was a little intrigued. (laughs) So um, yeah, just like went on a date with Yakima Chief Hops by starting with that internship and I... My knowledge of hops at that time was very limited. I think I just knew... I just had a feeling about the company and I had a cousin that worked here too and had nothing but good things to say about it. So, um, I was like, let's switch this up. Like, let's try something new. And yeah, was fortunate enough to get the internship with the sensory program and, uh, was just smelling hops all day long for the internship. And then I was fortunate during harvest. Enough, during harvest. Yes, during harvest. Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely got plopped in like right at the craziest time, but also the best, most wonderful time of year, hop harvest. So um, yeah, and that was just kind of like I think they say baptism by fire. And uh, yeah, I was just the whole time during the internship hoping that it would turn into a full time position when my ten weeks were up. And luckily it did. There, From my understanding, there wasn't really a position open for me, but um, I think that I was seen as valuable enough that they didn't want to just say farewell. So they kind of, YCH made a position, but um, it, it was kind of like a Frankenstein position. It was still wonderful and I was so happy to be a part of it, but it just wasn't like... Uh, the rules were loose and it wasn't really defined and I kind of like need my structure. So um, anyways, but that um, got things started. And then luckily enough, um, a quote unquote real position like did open up. And uh, that was the inside sales position where I was working with the South and Southeast U.S. breweries. And so I've been in that position for probably two plus years now. Um, and I've really got to develop in that area and I'm just looking forward to doing more developing and learning more and, um, yeah, continuing, um, I don't have any plans to explore different departments or anything at this time, but just, I want to take on every opportunity that I can to learn more about this position how I'm fit into the company and how I can just be the most helpful. That's awesome. 
I just want to circle back to, um, you know, your work experience in the restaurant and hospitality. And that's very tied to customer service. And um, it can also have some difficult or challenging um, interactions with customers. So how do you, how do you, you know, based on that experience that you've collected in your, in your time, how do you approach customer service and how do you work to resolve conflicts or challenges? Ooh, good one. Um, I think I would say what I gleaned from customer service in the aspect of food and Bev is, um, patience and probably some thick skin. And then I think most importantly is just look for a solution. You know, if you have a customer that got the wrong drink or didn't like their food there's really no point in um debating that or questioning that i think the point is fix it and fix it now and so i think that applies to several aspects of life and definitely just any other customer service job you know people just want what they want and they want to be happy and trying to facilitate that by finding quick solutions i think is probably one of the most helpful things that I learned and try to carry with me. Yeah, it seems like maybe it's just me, (laughs) but it's like kind of your instinct sometimes can be like when someone tells you that you're wrong and it's like you want to be right. And so then everyone just wants to be right. Everyone thinks that they're right. Um, And so having that kind of approach requires just like setting aside some of that instinct and adopting like what sounds like a very... um, a service oriented mindset always and like trying to be a problem solver. And it's, it's very tied to like a get, it's a giving attitude of like, what can I do? What can I set aside to make sure that we can come to a solution always? It's really interesting to kind of hear about like how you can cultivate that kind of skill, um, a lot, you know, along your career path and how it's served you really well in, in your yeah. current role. Yeah. I even think about the word experience, you know, it's going to be different when you're in a restaurant versus selling hops, but I just want the customer or the business partner to just have a good experience and think fondly about what we're providing. Um, and it's certainly disappointing when you feel like you haven't met those expectations or provided a great experience. Um, so I think that's motivating as well. Yeah. Um, to, to kind of dive in deeper onto or into, uh, the internship program that you were part of the sensory internship program. So what were your responsibilities as an intern, intern? Like, what did that look like? You said you were starting in the, in harvest, which is (laughs) the craziest time for Mm -hmm. anyone listening. Like it's (laughs) pedal to the metal (laughs) here at YCH and everywhere in the Valley. Um, as we're, as we're working to bring hops in and it requires some good sniffers, um, and a lot of sensory science that goes into it. So can you kind of talk a little bit about what that looked like? Yes, I would love to. Um, it's also (laughs) worth noting that at the beginning of my, um, getting into the industry story, I actually didn't even know what job I was applying for when I (laughs) applied at Yakima Chief. I was just like, let's get this foot in the door and let's try something new. And, um, the passion grew after that, but I must admit, <laughs> just I did not know I love it. what I was doing in the beginning. So, uh, yeah, when the terms like hop sensory and selection were being thrown around, I, um, I think I like 
nodded. nodded. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, but anyways, there was a lot of learning to do. And so um, I did not have experience with that. And it kind of started like probably, I don't know, three, four, five days before we started receiving the millions of pounds of hops that we receive. Um, I was training with um, Tommy Yancone. He was kind of my mentor at the beginning of the internship. And uh, it was kind of just like tossing hops in front of me and then being like, all right, like, what do you smell in this one? What do you smell in this one? What about this one? And if you've never smelled hops before, it's like pretty tricky to have that distinguishing oh yeah nose right away but luckily it's something that can be tuned in and trained and so yeah I really was for eight plus hours a day in the internship was just smelling lots of hops lots (laughs) lots and lots (laughs) lots and lots um but uh yeah so we would have uh, a panel of I think probably 10 to 12 different lots of hops and uh yeah we would just go around like kind of like um musical chairs you would like sit down at one lot and do your evaluation sit down in the next one and move around the table um and we had Tommy and I smelled I think think probably 99.9% of the lots that came in. And then we luckily had a team of other people, um, people that are based in Yakima or people that traveled in um, for harvest and selection season. They would get their noses on it too. It was great to have like a wide array of um, input. But at any rate, it was mostly just smelling and providing sensory feedback. There was a little data entry, but the sexiest part was definitely rubbing and sniffing hops for a month and a half straight. There are some hop heads who are listening. We're so <laughs> jealous right now. Uh, speaking of, you said, you know, it's tricky. You have to have a good nose. And I do believe I've seen on a uh, wall of fame there in the sensory, uh, the Aroma Dome, uh, you won the Golden Nose Award. Uh, how many hop samples? Did you smell to be awarded the golden nose? (laughs) It's a true honor. Um, I think that first year, and mind you, this was my full-time job. Um, I think I smelled over 1,100 different lots of hops. Um, And uh, (laughs) fun story, it actually, at that time, we were evaluating them with the actual like rub and sniff method. So it was whole cone kiln dried hops in my hands and a little bit of rub and uh, sniff. Um, But I don't know if everyone knows this, but there are some acids in hops and they definitely started to make my skin pretty unhappy and a little rashy. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, I went to the doctor and they were like, is there any way you could maybe not be around the hops? And I was like, no. Uh, no, 100% no, this is what pretty, I do all Pretty up close and personal. Yeah. So then Gerald became the only person doing sensory in dish gloves. <laughs> Rubber gloves. <laughs> I'm sure that was such a sight. <laughs> it was silly, but helpful. There you go. Still got the job done. Yeah, helps me keep my job. Yeah. <laughs> She'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that little, that little piece with us. 
so kind of turn it over to, to both of you. We'll give Gerald a beer break. Bridget's <laughs> <laughs> turn. And, and yeah, bring bring Bridget back in. So can you tell me a little bit about your, your day-to-day responsibilities as a member of the inside sales team? Yeah, so... You know, a couple of years ago, we used to be called just customer service representatives, which has now been changed to inside sales specialists or coordinators, um, because we really are that day-to-day go-to for the brewer, for our customers. Um, you know, we place orders, answer availability questions. We can dabble in financial matters, um, really doing everything except for the future contracting stuff, which is handled by our outside sales team. Um, so really just being there for whatever those customers need. Right on. Yeah. Drill any additional mm. items on that one? I think Bridget covered it. I also think part of the reason, from my understanding, that we changed the name of the title of our position from customer service to inside sales um, is that, yeah, we do more than customer service and not to... Um, disrespect that title at all Um, but yeah we are we are looking to get to a place where the inside sales um, specialists and representatives and coordinators are are selling you know it doesn't Mm -hmm. it's not going to look like a cold call or anything but to where we are armed with the knowledge to help sell this product that we love Mm -hmm. and get it into the right hands make sure it's a good fit Um, so yeah I think Speaking for myself, I'm still very much in the learning, acquiring knowledge um, stage. So maybe I don't feel 100% confident to take on any technical question that's thrown my way. But um, but yeah, I want to be and I'm trying to be so that I can answer questions that are sent my way um, that might require a little more technical knowledge or sales, um, not tactics, but... Um, Sales techniques, I suppose. Yeah, yeah right on. Um, so what is it like interacting with all of the different humans of the craft beer community? <laughs> you know, you've got all kinds of personalities and big personalities too. So what's that like? I mean, I would say brewers are one thing. You know, brewers are great. Um, I can't say networking with our brewers in this industry um, I find it a lot more fun than networking in the psychiatry field. Um, but Not being analyzed? <laughs> yeah. You know, that said, um, I think some of the funniest interactions that I have are from the non-brewers that reach out. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I've gotten calls from people who eat hops because it, um, you know, is good for sleep and they can't have tryptophan or um, people who brew tea with hops to sleep. Um, so finding a way to have those customers um, find what they need, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not through us, um, is pretty fun. Yeah, I You're tend so to get all those that. weird ones <laughs> <laughs> because people know you'll know how to answer it. Like oh, yeah. you can throw anything, and Bridget's gonna be able to field it and find an answer. <laughs> I think there was one where a gentleman contacted Bridget looking for a specific product, and she gently like guided him in a different direction because I don't think it was something that we were able to fulfill. And then his wife ended up also calling and being like, my husband needs this. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, Bridget was dealing with, uh, uh, a whole family. <laughs> yeah. It was a elderly retired doctor over on the East coast, which was pretty fun. <laughs> 
So maybe maybe this already answered you know my next question, but what are some memorable moments uh, with uh, f- for you with brewers? Whether that's a funny story or weird requests or or a rewarding experience or a proud moment. I'd say a lot of those. I mean, my most memorable events happen when people come to visit us mm-hmm. during harvest. Um, this last year, we had a um, kind of group selection. So it was about six different breweries from my territory that all came out. And, uh, you know, we all went to dinner and um, went and had beers afterwards. And um, some drinking-related bets were made and lost by <laughs> a member of our group selection who ended up having to cut off a little rat tail braid um, <laughs> that he had been growing. Um, there's there's video evidence of it. It was quite a sight. <laughs> Gerald, what about you? Ooh, I might need just a moment to think about this. So I think probably the most rewarding slash... Um, no, let me try that again. The most rewarding moments are probably found during selection season, I think. Um, everybody is firing on all cylinders. And um, it's also, ironically, the time of year that you need to show up socially. And so it's not like you're working really hard during the day and then getting a wonderful, beautiful, peaceful, restful night's sleep. It's you're working really hard during the day and then you're going out at night and networking and having a good time and sharing the beers that we all love. So I think just like surviving slash thriving through harvest is rewarding. And then um, on that note, I think when you... um, in terms of selection, when we have customers out for selection, if you get to see somebody really jazzed about the lot in front of them and how excited they are to brew with that for the upcoming brew year, um, that's like what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to connect the family hop farms with the world's finest brewers. And like, I feel like you see that spark happen when, uh, yeah, somebody is jazzed about their lot and then you get to show them who grew that lot and make that connection. And, um, it's just special and rewarding and exciting. And also I think relatively unique to this industry. Um, and yeah, I would say those are proud moments. And I did want to add, you know, that social element of harvest and selection is not at all required. Oh. You know, no one, none of our leadership. <laughs> <I thought> it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of our leadership tells us that we have to be anywhere after work hours right. in particular. But um, I could say that we're both ones that enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Social I, people over here for sure. <laughs> and I really would hate if it was construed as like a chore in any way because it's so not. Um, yeah. We in this it's room just a know month, that it's a month long marathon. It for is. Sure. And it's, it's fun. It's for sure fun. It's yeah. fun. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's unlike any other month of the year mm-hmm. in my life anyway. And uh, so, yeah, but uh, it's nothing but good times. Uh, so you both mentioned selection. Um, Bridget, you've taken on a huge role um, for handling hop selection. Can you explain, you know, what selection is and the value of it for the entire community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess to start, um, I do lead our selection program. Um, I was involved in selection ever since I started at Yakima Chief, just finished my fourth harvest. Um, 
In the years prior, I was basically responsible with a small team of people to pick the lots that brewers see during selection. Um, from there, after doing that for three years, I took on the leadership of the entire program, um, which is probably arguably one of my favorite parts of my job at this point. Um, I would say it is ultimately the epitome of our mission in connecting farms with brewers. Um, there's something magical about showing customers where those hops come from, letting them meet the families behind, behind those farms, um, letting them see just how much quality is happening at the farm and quality improvements and all that. Um, I'd say that is absolutely essential for getting our customers in the know about why we do what we do. Um, so Bridget, what have been your main responsibilities for, for hop selection and how have you worked to enhance this experience? Oh, I'd say, you know, my responsibilities with selection never really end. Um, they're not just a harvest type thing. Um, selection planning starts a few weeks after selection actually ends. Um, and so selection planning here at Yakima Chief is truly a interdepartmental effort. You know, we kind of tap into each department's insight in terms of what sort of improvements we're going to make for the next year. Um, and that is pretty much the sole focus of selection planning is how do we improve upon the last year? Um, you know, this last year we grew the program quite tremendously, um, especially compared to last year, you know, with all the unknowns with COVID-19 last year, growing the program wasn't exactly a goal. It was just, how are we going to still make it happen? Um, so growing the program this year was huge. Um, actually day to day during selection, I am still in that panel building role. Um, taking that, having a hand on every customer's selection experience is very valuable to me. I'm kind of going back to what Gerald was talking about, about seeing the excitement that customers are experiencing, seeing how happy they are when they walk out of our building um, is truly, truly valuable. I love how you describe the time during harvest and during hop slush, like selection. It just gets me re-excited. <laughs> I'm ready for next year. Do you um, have 14-hour days? <laughs> I, like, I like my role during harvest, I guess. Um, so it does. It's a magical time. And so to, to see your passion for it, it's really, um, it's really inspiring for the next year. And then seeing how you, you put so much effort into it. And I know that the entire company sees like you really have put so much work into making it the best experience possible and incredibly impactful um, and really have made some, some great enhancements that are reflected, you know, for the company, for the, the team, and then, and also brewers experience as well. Make sure everything goes well. Yeah. She does it to a team. She's crushed oh, it. Yeah. You know, it's wild to think of, um, you know, selection in itself is probably one of the most complicated programs mm. that the company goes through on a yearly basis, um, just in terms of how much it drives production planning. Um, it then drives, you know, logistics and procurement and going back to Green Chief, our quality program with the growers, mm -hmm. you know, it has an impact on all of that, um, which is, it's a true honor to take that on. Mm -hmm. Right on. Yeah. yeah. You do a fantastic job. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gerald, you've had some special projects 
as a staff member, such as working on the YCRM program. Can you tell us what it is and how it has enhanced the process for the sales team and for customers? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we call it YCRM. I think a lot of People might be familiar with a general CRM system, customer relations management, um, but we just put a, a Y in front of there for, uh, I guess, Yakima chief, Yakima. <laughs> Gotta brand it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just catchy. Um, but at any rate, yeah, so this is fairly newly implemented and is kind of continually evolving. Um, but yeah, it's it was made and curated by our, by several teams. Um, But yeah, it's not a CRM that we purchased or have a license to or whatnot. It's something that was built from the ground up, hugely involving our IT team, and then um, also some sales representatives who kind of provided feedback on what would be helpful. Um, So huge props to the people behind this project. Um, I clearly wouldn't know where to begin if I was going to try to create a software or a program with the power that it has. But yeah, so it's just, um, it's a way to get everybody on the same page with where customers are at. Um, I don't know if we've talked about the dynamic between inside sales and outside sales. I'll try to keep it really brief. Um, Bridget and I are inside sales. We're in the office. Um, like we said, it's it is customer service based. And then we have outside sales counterparts who actually live in or near the territories that they service. And they are boots on the ground, um, going and visiting customers. Um, and then, yeah, they're working on future contracts, um, technical inquiries, you know, some collaboration brews and kind of things like that. So it's actually unfortunately quite easy for the inside sales team to feel a little removed from connection with the customers because you know we sometimes just see a name in an email um and hopefully and luckily we do have the chance to meet people face to face and make those connections but they're just not as frequent as the outside sales team members so at any rate ycrm is an attempt to get everyone on the same page and updated with um, customer status. So for example, my outside sales counterpart might go visit a customer, drop off some swag, have a contract discussion, and um, maybe there's an inquiry about a new product. Let's say Cryopop. And uh, so my outside sales counterpart can make a note in YCRM about dropping off the swag, having the contract discussion, and then also um, either make a note that they inquired about Cryopop or even make a follow-up um, like request or notification to me so that I can get a sample order of Cryopop sent to that customer. And um, yeah, it, I, th- I think the, the goal is to achieve the same, mm, what am I trying to say? Um, well, it does sound like from, from an outside perspective, it just sounds like it's making sure that all the touch points are, are available and like well communicated. And so that, every, have you said, like every aspect of the customer's needs are mm-hmm. met and just making sure that they're fully aware, they have all the attention um, given to them that they need and they're up to date with kind of the latest and greatest, right? Yes. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> just sometimes like the outside perspective, that's how I view when you were explaining it. It's like, it's yeah. just making sure we're, we're covering 
all of our bases yeah. in an efficient and efficient way and well communicated. And I guess quickly another note is maybe um Bridget can relate, I imagine. Um we kind of like live and die by emails mm-hmm. in the inside sales position and that's simply not the case for the outside sales and that is fine. A phone call, a text, an email, a visit are all important methods of communication. Um but if something is not on paper and there's no record of it, um, it's just as if it didn't happen for you know the inside sales members. So yeah, if there's a text or a phone call or a visit exchange, putting that in YCRM and then we as inside sales can take a look at that. It's just tremendously helpful and um, yeah, helps helps us serve our customers better, which is obviously the ultimate goal. Yeah, and, and insight from you and all your work on that helps to you know, it's that innovation mindset of like, we can always improve, we can always improve and your contributions in that are going to set the tone for the sales teams in years to come, which is awesome. That's exciting that you've been, you know, a part of that project and been able to provide your insights on that. So it's definitely gonna be impactful to to the company and and to customers. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, very rewarding to work on it. Awesome. Um, Gerald, you've also taken on some responsibilities with our organics program. Uh, Can you tell me what it has been like building that program? Yes. So um, I guess that was kind of part of the um, Frankenstein role, which I refer to lovingly, by the way. It's it was a loving quote unquote special project. Special projects. <laughs> <laughs> that encompasses I, a lot. They didn't call it Frankenstein when they offered it to me, but that's what I've named it. And uh, yeah, no hard feelings. So it, it's not intended to be offensive. Um, but yes, so one of the special projects was organics. And at that time, Yakima Chief Hops did not have an organics program i i believe at all and uh, we were in the process of absorbing organic hops northwest which was comprised of four growers um yeah i think three in washington one in idaho we were absorbing organic hops northwest so right at the beginning of um the special projects role was uh transferring contracts from Organic Hops Northwest to Yakima Chief. Um, We had to coordinate um, like labeling and boxing for the organics and production needs um, and a a slew of other things that quite frankly, I was not prepared for. (laughs) But that is also a source of pride. Um, I figured it out and made it work and we did not have an organics program and now we do. And um, it was also an exciting moment. This was the first time because organics was, is a, a small portion of our um, inventory and our sales, we got to kind of test run the, the possibility of putting stickers that say, you know, proudly grown by Peralt Farms, and that could be slapped on the box. And so when you're receiving this box, you know exactly where it came from, you know, without scanning the QR code or whatever, but just a nice little token of, um, yeah, that grower brewer connection. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was rewarding to see and to help coordinate. Um, And yeah, so organics is I would say not a large market in the U.S. as much, but it is growing tremendously in Europe. 
And so that actually now is kind of where we service most organic brewers. Not to say that there aren't in the U.S. Um, and there's great ones here, but uh, that seems to be the the market that is going to carry organics forward. Right on. Very interesting to learn about. Um, I wasn't super familiar with that, so to kind of hear the the story, the origin of how that started was was really interesting. I was thinking while you were talking about, you know, you mentioned I didn't know a whole lot about it when I started, and and you know, kind of in your role, you're like I jumped into hops, I I didn't really know, um, but your eagerness to learn and like your curiosity and your willingness to ask questions. It's just like a theme that I've heard a lot in, you know, in all the other um, episodes on this podcast as well of, of being willing to, if you don't know something, ask questions, this eagerness to learn this um, kind of continuous education. Um, And so it just made me think of that, that that's, uh, a huge component to this industry is that there's an abundance to learn, right? Oh, there's, man. there's no one's ever going to be a, a total expert, knows everything, boxes closed, mm-hmm. um, and you see that reflected in a lot of the, the awesome women I've, I've had, had the opportunity to speak with and, and here today as well of, of just saying like, how can I keep learning? How can I keep moving forward? And it served people really well, and so I, I love to hear kind of more examples of that. Yeah, thanks. It's an important quality, I think. So with the main topic of this season of the podcast being Women Plus in the industry, you know, in mind, I would like to chat about your involvement in empowering other women in the industry. Uh, Bridget, I know you were heavily involved uh, with our local Pink Boots chapter. Um, Can you tell me about your role? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just nearing the end of my two-year term as the co-leader of the ACMA chapter, um, which is a relatively new chapter. We've been around for quite a few years now, but um, in the grand scheme of things, um, Yakima was pretty late in getting a chapter. And it's like, well, as the epicenter, the hop capital, you know, why don't we? (laughs) Um, It's a fun chapter. It's a bit unique because as you may assume, there is a lot of hop industry representation in our chapter, um, much more than brewer representation. But yeah, it's been great. It's one of the, I would say the only places in our industry where we can truly leave competition at the door. Um, Being able to have a lot of representation from other hop companies in our chapter is really cool. Learning from them, seeing what they do, why they do what they do has been really cool. That's really awesome. Yeah. I do want to note that uh, Bridget and Gerald were, were part of the team that packed the boxes for the um, the Pink Boots blend that got shipped out to a brewery or to, sorry, to Pink Boots chapters across the world. I mean, seriously, were, across the world. There and were so many more this year than last yeah, year. <laughs> they were packing boxes. So they were on this team making it happen. It was really cool. I was able to be part of the, you know, part of that day to see them work on this. And it was a women led crew. And mm-hmm. these two are part of that and are, are a huge uh, part of making that blend happen and getting those samples that were sent out to uh, chapters so they could smell and, and select the blend for this year. And we're we're approaching that where the, the pre-order ends. But yeah, just yeah. thanks for your work on that. Yeah, Actually, absolutely. Yeah. It was say, fun. Yeah. I would say that kind of has a strong theme of, um, you know, how I myself, as well as other women, women colleagues that I have, empower each other 
you know, getting together and building off of each other's resources and sharing the information that you learn, sharing the educational resources that you find, um, I think is huge. So when you're reflecting on, on your involvement, you know, why is building a network of women professionals in fermentation important to you? I would say, at least here in the Yakima Valley, um, there's a strong air of it's not what you know, it's who you know. And so being able to, um, you know, network and hobnob with people in other industries, I'd say kind of helps you get a seat at the table, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um that said, I think it's important for women to invite themselves to the table, but certainly having a friendly, a familiar face definitely helps. Um, so just getting to know the community. It's a small town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess probably stemming off that is, um, yeah, I, I think I, it's been said on this podcast many times, actually, but representation matters and... Um, yeah, uh, you. we want to see people in roles that we would desire that look like us. And um, yeah, the only, we need more women plus representation in the brewing and hop industry. Um, there's no way around that. Yeah, I just think that young women look up to people in various roles and um whether it's explicitly said or not like we learn what we can and can't do and are and are not supposed to do and rah 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 so uh yeah i just think female representation in so many different roles is very important and yeah speaking specifically to this um the more women we have in the, the brewing industry and hop industry, the more women are going to know that that's a channel for them too and a, a welcoming community. Yeah, I, draw, I really appreciate those points when I, you know, especially like representation mattering, which absolutely it does, you know, visual messages are very impactful. And when you see women in various roles and and leadership which is so important seeing women in leadership roles it sends a very clear message to uh people starting out in their careers who are maybe interested um on their career path that's saying like this path is possible Mm -hmm. and it gives a role model that they can relate to i think on a, a personal level um and so it's really important to kind of be able to look up and have role models i think it's so inspiring and motivating um, so there's, there's that part, like part of it to mm-hmm. it. So I really appreciate that point of, um, and you know, what you have then when you said like, and it increases, um, you know, more, uh, involvement in, in the industry is then you're going to have more diverse perspectives. Exactly. You're going to have different voices that are bringing up different points that haven't been heard before. You're going to get more creative ideas. You're going to get, what we're going to see is just growth opportunity for the industry at large is, is kind of what I think of when I think of bringing more, more voices in, involved. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because it's not just amount about having an even number of um, genders in the office or yeah, hitting certain diversity goals in terms of numbers. It's about encapsulating a larger perspective and keeping an open mind and getting more opinions. So that really is the goal. It's not about 
um, having five males, five females. It's right. much deeper than that. Yeah. And th- when thinking of like a network, you know, it's by humans, we're like, we crave connection. Yes. And um, so by having a community within a community is incredibly valuable, I think, in terms of, um, I, you know, I think longevity in the industry is something that I'm very interested in, like, how can we make this a sustainable career for uh, women um, in the ways that they want to be here for, they want to be involved for 10, 20 years, um, because that's an investment into our future. Um, so how do we make it sustainable for mm-hmm. the long run? It's like by building a community within a community, you foster that connection. And I, th- I think that part's really interesting Interesting about like organizations such as uh, Pink Boots Society. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts related to that? before we move on Mm, there was something that came to mind um just uh, i like what you said about fostering a community that can be sustainable for into the future and um yeah i'm not brown nosing but i'm just appreciating that i do believe yakima chief hops has uh fostered that environment i mean I think there's clearly room for improvement everywhere. That's just, I mean, that's part of our core values is continuous improvement. So yeah, I'm not saying the nail has been hit on the head and uh, everything is perfect, but I'm so appreciative that this company supports initiatives like this podcast and supports Pink Boots and um, just in general as a woman at Yakima Chief Hops, I'm really thankful for the culture that has been created there and that um yeah supports and encourages everyone Mm -hmm. not just females um supports and encourages everyone's growth and plays to their strengths and uh it's just such a cool company to work for and they've done a great job cultivating a great culture and community in the company I would absolutely agree with that. Um, But one thing that really comes to mind on the networking side of it, um, you know, some side conversations I've had with colleagues even um, towards the end of Pink Boots meetings, for example, um, have been some of the hardest hitting conversations about our work environment or about future topics for improvement. being able to have those trusted confidants that have your same goals in mind and being able to get together with them in a safe space that may not be just across a cubicle wall, um, I would say is pretty powerful and also relatively new in kind of the age where we're all paying closer attention to those sorts of things. That's a great point to bring up, Bridget, of feeling like creating a space where then you can ha- you're outside of your your work environment, but then also exploring like, you know, how can we improve? What what are things that we need to address? And your you said like that confidant that camaraderie that you're building where you can have very candid conversations, and it's a good place to do that um, and explore solutions. I think that's a, a great point to to bring up. A lot of value in that for sure. Exactly. It also affords us the opportunity to. Um, kind of going back to pink boots, but get together with other departments. Mm -hmm. You know, we are a big company. We don't often get to have like off the cuff conversations on those sorts of topics with people on our sensory team, people on our production team, what have you, Mm -hmm. Um, being able to come together in that sense. is pretty powerful. Great point. Thank you. 
Have you experienced challenges related to being a woman in this industry? And if so, how did you overcome those? <sighs> it's, it's a tricky it's, it's one. The, it's the big one, I know. Uh, yeah. I, if I'm answering this completely, honestly, I don't think that I've noticed challenges in this industry based on my sex or gender. Um, I struggle with that just in the world and um, yeah, the way that maybe our culture and society has programmed some things into our everyday life and our brain. Um, but yeah, I, I think any struggles that I encounter in the brewing industry are struggles that I encounter in the world as well. It is male dominated and that's just the way that it is. Um, but I think for the very most part, I've felt respected and acknowledged. Um, and yeah, I think I have some of my own like Gerald things to work out. I don't know that I can speak very well to the struggles. Um, yeah. You know, I would agree with that somewhat. Um, you know, in light of all the recent events in the industry, I do find myself very blessed in how I've come up in this industry. The one thing that I would say that I don't even know if it's a challenge really, but sometimes I've gotten the feeling that men progress in this industry in terms of climbing the corporate ladder kind of just by circumstance, by happenstance, by who they know, by tenure, that sort of thing. And I think that sometimes women feel, myself included, that you have to like get another degree or continue to, you know, get certificates to move up, to be trusted with other opportunities and so on. Now, it's kind of ironic because that is essentially the mission of Pink Boots, is empowering people through education. Um, so I, I understand the value of it and I appreciate the value of it. And almost by overcoming it means to embrace it, mm -hmm. you know, but sometimes I guess I just wish it didn't feel like the only way. Mm -hmm. That's a great point to bring up, Bridget. You know, um, in last week's episode, we had Natasha and Shanley on and they talked about that, uh, that very topic a little bit of, uh, how, um, women are defined, like their success is defined by their accomplishments and like their credentials, um, where men's success can be defined by their potential. And like, that's what happens in a lot of like hiring practices is it's very much like women are valued by their resume and like what they have done and their actions. But it's a very different attitude where men are seen as like, oh, they have great potential. They might not have the same like credentials there. And so that to me, you said that it kind of resonates a similar theme of like, of having to stack up all that you've done and say like, now, now can I move up? Now can I move have up? Have I earned it yet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. yeah. And that can be frustrating. I'm, I'm sure like that would feel very frustrating. Like what else can I do? What else can I do? Um, and then to kind of see some, maybe some other, you know, 
situations where you're like, man, I don't know if I would have gotten that same, that same treatment. I, you know, I don't know if that's the case, but like, I don't know if I would have got given, been given that chance and that risk and, you know, moved up if I hadn't earned an extra degree, if I hadn't gone back to school and, and gotten that credential. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to jump back in. Um, I don't intend to sugarcoat, uh, what is, there are struggles that women face. Um, and yeah, I hope that I, well, yeah, I guess I'm just speaking my experience and, um, that's how I've interpreted it. I hope I'm not being naive. Um, and yeah, I don't want to play a victim if I'm not. Um, but yeah, I think I'm also like an approval junkie. And so I am willing to just like try to do whatever I need to do to hopefully like get the recognition and, um, maybe that will lead to progression in, um, my career. Yeah. It probably all comes down to like how much you value yourself and whether you're thinking that you're progressing fairly or not based on how you value yourself. I would love to see more females in leadership roles everywhere. Um, and I think this industry could use a good dose of it too. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not trying to tiptoe around anything. I appreciate that you guys are getting into like some meat and uh, talking about important things. Kind of related to something that you, you just touched on of like talking about women in leadership, things that you'd like to see. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on how the hop and beer industry can evolve to be a more empowering and more equitable field for women? Hmm. I, I mean, I wish I had like a super groovy, perfect answer because then maybe we could like make it happen. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. It's going to be, I'm not pessimistic, but it's going to be slow. Let's mm -hmm. be honest. Like, uh, this is an industry that has, um, built some roots for a while and there's traditions and the way things have been done. And like, we're kind of like just starting to shake it up. So, um, I, yeah, I think things like this are so important and, um, yeah, this authentic conversations, um, and then also making sure that they get to the right ears and the right audience. Um, and I'd yeah. say that's huge. Yeah. Just opening the door to listening to the thoughts of women collectively, mm -hmm. um, providing that space for women to, you know, like, like going back to the safe space, um, being able to express your thoughts and ideas without being seen as a whistleblower. You know, we don't intend on getting anybody in trouble or, um, you know, really condemning leadership or anything like that. Um, but having a continuous improvement mindset that also, you know, includes that sort of equity is pretty mm -hmm. important. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think, I think that was a, a great, um, kind of 
topic to kind of touch on of opening the door to listening to women collectively. It's that's kind of to me, um, that's a great step forward is is the is the opportunity to pull up a chair and just be like, okay, tell me what are Mm -hmm. your thoughts on this? Like, what can we do by being an active listener? You Mm -hmm. are participating in an education opportunity to, to improve and to evolve. Um, because, you know, I think of, you know, I think of recent events in the industry and what resulted, you know, within the workplace was very meaningful and very open and candid conversations that were so productive Mm -hmm. and it was so healthy to, to have conversations with male colleagues, uh, you know, uh, women colleagues, like to just talk about it. And I just remember thinking like, I was like, this is like, this is so cool that we are talking about some of these things that I think a lot of people would say are taboo, but we've opened the door. Mm-hmm. And so now we have the opportunity to think about things that we've not experienced perhaps or have, but we're having the opportunity to talk with one another. Uh, so I, so maybe I was just ranting, but like no, the, the opening the door to participating um, is really important. And I think that there's ways to help people open their eyes if they've never seen or never experienced it. That's what we're, we're trying to do, you know, through this podcast is mm-hmm. is get different perspectives because you can't look at it through one, you know, one lens. So let's see what else we can do. Mm-hmm. I actually thought of something else while you were talking about that and connected to what you were saying is um, listening, opening the conversation and believing, I think, is so important. Um, and yeah, most of what I'm saying, I think, just applies to like humans in general not Mm -hmm. necessarily this industry but just believe people when they share their story I don't think you really have anything to lose by just believing that they're telling the truth and um yeah trying believing trying to understand their experience I think could be a huge step towards growth and change um I think humans can be huge victims of confirmation bias where we just seek out the information that confirms what we want to believe. And so when something challenges that, um, I don't know, make, make a note when something is different than what your inherent beliefs have been. And, um, yeah, believe humans when they tell you what happened, how they feel, what they've been through. Yeah, believe humans. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any advice related to crafting a network within this industry or or building relationships that would be helpful to women starting out? I mean, beyond just the, you know, get to know the people involved, um, you know, we have a lot of local breweries that could provide a foot in the door, Um, you know. Yakima Chief is hiring in all sorts of different departments where you can get your foot in the door. Um, it's just kind of see who you can get to know to possibly see if you want to be involved in the industry and then keep trying to get your foot in the door. I mean, some of my favorite colleagues like applied to Yakima Chief five or six times before they got a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Persistency, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to have to echo that um and yeah if this 
is an industry that you want to explore, um, first of all, give it a go and, uh, yeah, maybe do your research and whatnot, but, um, it is a very welcoming, fun, exciting community, um, for, for the most part. And, um, yeah, I would say just, just dip the toe maybe. Exactly. Those networking connections aren't just going to fall into your lap when you're watching TV in the evening. Mm -hmm. You know, you do have to get out there. You do have to talk to people, introduce yourself to people. If you're looking for an opportunity, tell everyone who will listen. You know, you never know who could have something for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, you know, in order to grow, uh, you have to have a comfortable conversation sometimes in order to grow in your career. You have to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You have to like really put yourself out there. Sometimes you're like, oh, do I, you know, your instinct is like, oh, I want to stay home. But it's like going to that networking event, you're going to meet three people. And then one of them might come across a job and they're like, oh, I remember this person who I met. They'd fit great. Like, I wonder if they'd be interested. You just never know what kind of opportunities can result from that. So you mm-hmm. have to kind of put yourself out there and kind of see what happens. Yeah. I feel like fundraisers are a great opportunity for that. Um, There's a lot of people high up in business that care about the community. Mm -hmm. That's a good point to bring up fundraisers, and usually they're for a good cause. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Any key takeaways to share before before we close up? I think that key takeaways from this conversation are... Um... Don't be afraid to ask questions, listen wholeheartedly, believe people, um, believe in yourself, and go forth and conquer. Heck yeah. (laughs) I'm going to put that on a poster. I wanted to go back. Oh, exactly. (laughs) I wanted to go back to something I said earlier in terms of inviting yourself to the table. Yeah. You know, if you hear a conversation is going to happen that you want to be a part of, ask to be a part of it. Um, If during harvest you see a big table of men that look like they're having a good time and they're wearing a sweatshirt from a brewery that you've always wanted to visit, go sit down with them. Um, Introduce yourself and you know, give them something that they want to hear, you know, Mm -hmm. like all of us, I think have valuable experience and insight into the industry. Um, but people aren't just going to go up and ask you for that. Yeah. I'm really glad you, you circled back on that point because I heard you say it and I wanted to expand on that. Um, I think we got caught up in the conversation, (laughs) but it's so important. Um, you know, as much as, as important it is to seek how you can help provide space and opportunities for others, um, when you're any, any kind of leadership or, or whatever it is. Um, but also, you know, if you see an opportunity that you want and just being like embracing the brave and putting yourself out there and saying like, this is something I, I either should be a part of or need to be a part of. And, you know, having that uh, fortitude to go forward and, and make it happen. So I'm really glad you brought that up. It's just as equally as important. Mm-hmm. There's two two sides to that, making space for others and then also going and grabbing that space. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. exactly. Bringing other people to the table with you. Yeah, um, oh, great point. Especially mm-hmm. in specifically this conversation, like other women plus. Mm-hmm. But um, regardless, yeah, we're in this together and... Um, 
yeah, lift each other up and like be team players and yeah, encourage others to get their seat at the table. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Bridget and, and Gerald, for joining me on the podcast today and, and sharing your experiences and your perspectives with me. Um, each one is so valuable uh, as we kind of explore these different topics. So I really appreciate kind of the different insights that you, you each brought and seeing how we can kind of dive into these conversations. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity just to learn from, from both of you. So thanks for coming on. Uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in and joining us on this journey to raise up the voices of women within the hop and craft beer community. Let's continue to evaluate how we can personally make positive changes and create something bigger than beer. Woohoo! Thanks, Tony Lynn. Thanks, everybody. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that sounded crisp. <laughs>